0: BACT empowers you to get it together with a single digital wallet. Use Back to aggregate, convert, send, and spend digital assets like crypto, loyalty, and rewards points and gift cards. Go to Back, Bakkt.com and start treating your digital assets just like cash. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy to use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone. No account registration is required. Download Exodus at Exodus.com and you're ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the scoop. Just feels so strange that I'm not in my guest bedroom recording this. Can't get over it. It's really nutty. Um, this is a really exciting occasion. We're at Mainnet, and we have today joining us on the other side of the mic, only a few feet away from me. It's just crazy. Hong Fang, CEO at OKCoin. OK I guess you know we can start. Are you having fun at the conference? What's it? What's it been like? You know, we're kind of being thrust back into the normal. Or the old world. Yeah. To, an, to a degree. It's, it's
1: great. It's seeing people, meeting people in person in 3D shape. <laughs> you know, it's a nice break from the new norm. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of stuff happening, people talking about new things going on. And I think it's great.
0: Yeah. What are you hearing that's like exciting out there?
1: I think there are a lot of multi-chain activities going on. Obviously, you know, DeFi, NFT, all these stuff are... Happening, And we're still very early stage. People are still trying to figure out what, where this exactly is going. But, you know, we, as a platform, we, we believe in, in the future where things can speak to each other across chain. So we have been also focused on that interruptibility uh, and bring that interruptibility to our customers. So we're happy to see a lot of people are actually thinking along that similar line as well.
0: Mm. So tell us a little bit about the firm and your role as sure. the head.
1: Sure. Um, okay, coin. We were founded a while back, uh, in 2013. So that was a long, long, long time ago, uh, for crypto. But we went through a major transformation. And one of the biggest transformation we went through is in 2017. We were before that, we were the largest uh, crypto platform in China, basically enabling RMB to crypto trading as the largest platform there. In 2017, I am sure that. For most people who follow the industry, you probably know what happened. And as part of that transition, we make a uh, strategic decision. We decided to uh, move to another place. And OKCoin, back then in 17, came to U.S. and started all over again, not only from a business perspective, but also from a team perspective. We registered with FinCEN. We started to apply for all the state licenses. And now today we are here, I think only four states short. In terms of what we're getting here, most of the states in the US, we we can actually operate and are operating. And uh, last, I would say, 12 to 18 months has been a great ride for us, as for everyone else in the industry, I believe, not only because of the lockdown that is basically forcing a new mode of work on the whole team here, uh, which turns out to be something good. But also the industry development is also very interesting and we're taking full advantage of that. We've been growing like crazy. I want to say between 30 to 50 times growth, uh, depending on what metrics you're looking at over the last 12 months. Um, the industry have been growing quite well, but I feel like we have been outpacing the industry growth. Uh,
0: what do you think is driving a lot of that for the firm specifically?
1: We have been doing a lot of groundwork before 2020 to lay the foundation, uh, both from getting the licenses ready and getting the team ready. I think getting the team ready is definitely doing us a lot of good long-term. And over the last two years, we've been really focused on providing the right experience to the customers and also innovation, because I think as the industry go into a more mature mode where the space is reaching out to a larger population than just the small initial niche market, you got to be more focused on experience itself, making it more accessible to a wider audience. Um, that was not in the blood of crypto to start with, right? Uh, crypto is technology innovation and it tend to be more on the technical side. And then also as the industry grow, a lot of the legacy platform, it's hard for a legacy platform to keep innovating at a quick speed. And luckily for us, we have been around for a while, but we have been going through multiple transformations. And so in our blood, we think ourselves and we act more like a startup. We have been able to push out many innovations during the last 12 to 18 months as the first to the market on many different things. So I think that has been uh, driving a lot of the growth and we're lucky to. What
0: type of product?
1: Uh, For example, we are the first uh, US exchange to integrate Lightning. I don't think uh, any, many other exchanges actually do that today even. We are the first one and probably the only one who offer direct integration into DeFi protocols where people can actually use a more centralized uh, UI to access those DeFi protocols. We're the first one to list many much-wanted assets, a U.S. regulated platform, including STFs, including the most recently listed CityCoin, Miami Coin, including AVAX and uh, New Year. And we are the first to integrate with you know, networks, other second layers like Polygon and, and many other set, second layer uh, integrations. And for Earn, we actually just launched an API offering for institutions who have been our customers on uh, the institutional side have been chasing us for that. And uh, we just launched it. And I've, I don't think anyone in the field actually do that. And it's not a you know, quasi-bank-like offering. It's actually a real connection into the DeFi world. We don't dictate yields. We don't touch people's money. We just help them pour it into those protocols and let the market decide.
0: Mm. And that's kind of an interesting topic, De jour, with a lot of the various firms that have tried to launch yield generating products tied to USDC or yeah. others kind of coming under under fire a bit. Is that worrying?
1: I think it depends on how you look at things. For us, there are different alternatives out there, right? There are firms who Almost operate like a bank, getting a banking license and operate as the new intermediary and take money on the one hand and then decide what yield to offer and then lend the money out to the other side. We don't want to be that. I think um, we are in crypto because we believe that relying on technology to increase efficiency of capital allocation is really the key. And we don't want to create another layer of intermediary unless necessary. And since the DeFi technology is out there, why should we? Why don't we take advantage of that and and just build a UX layer on top of it? Let people access those directly. Obviously, the underlying layer will continue to evolve and should continue to evolve. But I don't think we want to be that new the guy that we don't want to be, right? We don't want to grow into a, a guy that we uh, we want to actually replace as a industry as a whole.
0: How many folks are you at, at this
1: point? Team-wise, we have 150 plus globally in US, Europe, LATAM, Asia, Middle East, all over the place.
0: Wow, so it's pretty global.
1: It's very global. The lockdown uh, definitely accelerated that process. We only have 40 people plus before lockdown. So a majority of our team who onboarded with us were actually onboarded remotely and was expecting that going forward. So we are now remote first. So how do you compete
0: with a lot of these different firms that are obviously they're like a Coinbase, which has gone public and has quite the war chest. They keep going out and doing more like convertible bonds, raising billions of dollars. And then there's also, you know, other firms that are looking to tap the markets. There are other exchanges that I know are in the process of wrapping up unicorn level Fundraises. Mm. what's the war chest of OKCoin okay how do you compete with some of those larger players?
1: Yeah. So to me, I would like to think of it in two for one, the, our industry is very early, right? We are in the very early inning of an industry. The key is to evolve with the space to innovate and to meet customer needs. The key is not to compete with others because the focus needs to be on the customer side. As long as you can actually deliver what the customers are looking for more on a timely fashion, more efficiently, more friendly, that's what ultimately matters. That's number one. Number two, so I'm not worried about looking at who else is eating the cake. I'm looking at how we can serve the cake and how big the cake needs to be. And then secondly, I think when I think about what we need to focus on from a customer side, again, it's about experience, it's about innovation. If you look at, again, what we have been doing over the last 12 months, all these new integration with the second layer, starting with Lightning and and other second layer protocols to DeFi, all these stuff are important innovation that keep us forward looking. That's what the industry actually needs from players like us. Not looking back into the traditional world and see what's out there, what the bank had been doing and try to replicate that in crypto, but to look forward and see what it may be. And there may be intermediary stages where there will be transitional points that we have to, and we can fill the gap, but we need to continue to look forward and see where we can be next step. That's where we are. That's how I see us compete more effectively. And that's how I think why we've been able to get that exponential growth beyond industry over the last 12 to 18 months.
0: So walk us through this institutional aspect of the business You're, you're working with. Are these hedge funds or... Asset managers who are parking some capital to get yields in DeFi, what does the client base look like? What are these firms' profile?
1: Sure. Uh, We actually serve a wide range of institutional customers. We do have a dedicated institutional team uh, end-to-end from both the front-end sales to the back-end product and engineer side. And for our institutional customers, it ranges from asset managers to traders to payment providers. To uh, uh, you know, call it uh, investors, traders, investors. Different different types, different use cases. I think based on what I've learned from my our team and our customer base, what they like about us, why they come to us to work, uh, trade with us, to do business with us, are multiple folds. Right, at least three points. One is we are actually a global platform. We offer global liquidity, but at the same time we have uh, local focus. We are licensed locally within U.S. Uh, We are licensed in Europe. We are licensed in Asia with Singapore. We are registered with Canada. Um, So there's that local compliant framework that we offer that institutions can feel comfortable and secure. We offer local customer support and dedicated BD rep uh, coverage. So I think that's number one. Number two, we're not just providing liquidity to them because again, Our industry is very early stage. So there are a lot of last mile problems that um, our customers, our institutional customers actually need help with. And because we have dedicated product and engineering support, and even our customer facing functions are very product minded. So they try to solve those last mile problems with our customers, no matter where they are coming from, different segments, we actually do have different segmentations and try to provide that support to them. And you know the light, the EARN API, for example, that is a specific ask we got from the customer after we launched the EARN uh, product for the retail customer. Our institutional customers see that and want to actually get access to it. Because again, the, the industry is maturing, the DeFi protocol that was started, basically the, the DeFi summer started last year. I think people are seeing that certain protocol are maturing, gradually maturing, compared to 12 months ago and some institutions are developing risk appetite for that and they want access to it and they don't have it elsewhere and that's why how we come up with that solution right it's it's more very specific how
0: much do you think has been deployed into We that just product? launched it just so launched it. we'll
1: see um, but but again because that's a request from the customer we expect this to be uh, quite in demand and i think lastly we also offer institutional grade services to the customers uh ranging from very customizable settlement capabilities and and to a lot of these kind of specific things that they're looking for, we would do provide. I think for those type of reasons, our institutional customers do come to us and we want to make sure that we are there for them because they're an important part of the market.
0: And so how do you see that business being built out? What other products and services can you offer to some of these more institutional players?
1: I think crypto is a very interesting space compared to traditional financial market because this is where retail needs tend to uh be sending a leading signal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well
1: in, in traditional it's the other way around. So I think Well, the... that
0: was until the meme stocks kind of took the market by force.
1: Yeah. Uh well. Even with the meme stock you still see that the leading demand from the retail right versus institutional. Yeah. So so I think because of that I think we do have a uh, advantage because we at our heart, we believe the the crypto is a grassroots community movement and because of that there will be a lot of innovation and development driven by the retail segment. So a big part of our product offering is actually driven by the retail segment. For example, the Sats mode that we are going to launch soon, it comes from a retail ask.
0: What
1: is that? Sats mode. So right now, if you look around, every, everything is in Bitcoin, but there has been a lot of ask from our user base on the retail side about, hey, when can I see a SaaS mode? Because the Bitcoin price is going to continue to move around. And as uh, if our belief in Bitcoin as the future money is going to pan out, then there will be increasing need for that mentality shift into a stats unit mode instead of a Bitcoin unit mode, because you know otherwise it's just too big. So we are catering to that, and we'll be coming out with a stats mode very soon. Um, that is a retail ask, right? DeFi is a retail ask first, uh, but you know as that industry evolves, institutions will pick up those demand gradually as they see some of those early risk go away and, and uh, um, they find a, a, an accessible risk return profile and they will get in as well. So I think our focus and area of kind of innovation driven product efforts on the retail side continue to drive our product offering. Some of those will also evolve into institutional offering and help with that.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like it's not just the market activity that's being retail led. We see it with the, you know, offshore cascading liquidations that are mostly among maybe not retail per se, but certainly like more prosumer like traders. And then that that's sort of leading to those cascading liquidations and downward price. But it's also the actual products. Are being inspired by retail?
1: I think so. Like if you look at the DeFi movement since last summer, right, all the uh, innovation that's happening at the protocol level, Uniswap, the volume trading on Uniswap have long passed the volume trading on Coinbase, which is arguably the largest fiat crypto trading platform out there. It's quite clear that the future is moving that way, but for institutions to participate in that, there's got to be first a, a more comfortable spot that they, they feel they can get into. And the retail product evolution is a great testing ground for that. Two, they also, because of their institutional, so there's a, a, a larger uh, regulatory framework that they got to fit in. And I think platforms like ours can play a great role in bridging the two, right? On the one hand, we have a, a direct participation and and role in playing that retail innovation that is directly the spirit of crypto. But on the other hand, we are regulated. We're compliant. We have a lot of infrastructure in place and we can help them figure and work with them to, together to figure out how institutions can So what work.
0: can you build? Can you build like a institutional grade DEX or something for them to trade
1: on? Or We do have a small team working on DEX as well, but obviously we're still very early stage for that. But yeah, I think um, there are many different possibilities. Starting now is more to help them increase their efficiency by us offering the interruptibility. For another example, Lightning integration, right? We, we have integrated Lightning on our platform that actually decreased the, the cost of depositing and withdrawal for a lot of our customers, starting with retail, but our institutional customers are actually asking for it. And we are offering that API to them as well. Lightning integration. Uh, we integrated with Polygon, which make the make it cheaper and faster for our institutional customers to withdraw and deposit uh, uh, Polygon native crypto tokens. Um, so there are a lot of those examples where we started with retail and then our institutional customers see it and they want it. So then we offer in api format or in any other format that they uh, deem necessary or helpful.
0: Why do you think like we still see outages? Like what is the technical problem that's behind that?
1: That is an interesting question. We have never had that issue. So I cannot explain why the other competitors are having outages. We've never had any outages. Period. Ever. Yeah. So <laughs> I think part of it is also the back end Trading system, the order matching system, right? The way things are built, are you actually being forward looking and building your ability to allow for larger volume, ensure the best in class latency in whatever situation, and handle those situations? And I think we have a very strong, just because of, you know, again, the benefit of being around for such a long time, we have been really historically have been really focused on building that order matching machine in the back that has been able to support. And that level of reliability is something that our customers, institutional customers, has also been citing. Like in some of those situations where they cannot place trade on other platforms, they came to us. Because we have been around and and no outages so far. <laughs> not
0: <Knock> the wood. <laughs> There's also like this weird aspect of the market, the fact that it's 24-7 doesn't give yeah. firms the opportunity to sort of like get in and fix things when the markets are closed because they never close.
1: It is. It is. Many times you got to fix as you uh, run on the highway. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, that's where that forward-looking architecture mentality is important. I'm not an engineer, so I cannot give you too many specifics as far as why we are superior, but the matter of fact and From the feedback that we've got from our institutional customers, we are very good, very solid on that front.
0: Is it all just being matched internally or do you route out? Internal. Yeah. And there are market makers that are involved to keep?
1: Market makers, yeah. Market makers are market participants. We as a platform focused on building the tech stack behind the scene and that order matching capabilities is a part of the tech stack.
0: BACK is the digital wallet of the future, empowering you to manage all of your digital assets from a single place. BACK puts the power in your hands to get your crypto, loyalty and rewards points, and gift cards together to choose how you want to use them. Treat your digital assets just like cash and convert, send, or spend them using BACK. Get started today and get it together with BACK. Sign up at BACKBAKKT.com. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. I also want to give a special thanks to Exodus. Exodus is one of the most loved crypto apps due to its sleek design and easy to use exchange feature. Secure and manage over 130 cryptocurrencies from your computer or phone, And interactive charts let you view the price history of a specific asset and your portfolio's performance over time. Sync your wallet across multiple devices to access your funds from anywhere. Maybe the best part is Exodus is integrated with the Trezor hardware wallet, making advanced security easy for everyone. Download Exodus at Exodus.com today. What have been some like interesting or weird circumstances? You know, it's been a wild market for the past two years. Have you had any client inquiries that have surprised you or anything you've noticed in the market that's been shocking or weird?
1: Crypto is always weird. (laughs) I will be surprised if we are not surprised by something, right? It's like, you know, for example, last summer when DeFi came up, we I don't think any of us were expecting it to be so big. NFT, the same thing, uh, and uh, uh, some of those uh, new things that are coming up always challenge our uh, existing framework of thinking. So, but but we are here to be challenged, and that's why we are in crypto, uh, and that's why also why again going back to the lightning case, we did lightning not because it's already scaled network, it's already kind of widely used. It's more because again we try to be more forward looking, try not to be surprised by what comes down next. And we think that it's going to happen. We think it's a good solution. There are clients asking for it, even if it's not as widespread as some of the other firms want it to be. That's probably why they haven't done it yet. But we think that it's important and it's in line with where the industry is going. So we want to do it. Uh, but there are also cases where you know, we will be educated by the market and we stand ready to to embrace those uh, moments.
0: What about NFTs? You know, We've seen firms like FTX launch their own marketplaces yeah. Is that something that you would explore doing?
1: We are looking at it. Uh, we are. We have our own roadmap. There are already a, a good amount of marketplace out there, like OpenSea and obviously MTFDX is doing it as well. I don't think we want to build another marketplace. There's no point in doing, replicating another marketplace. And I don't think our strength is there. But again, I think it's back to that interruptibility point. We want to provide a the best experience for our customers, regardless who they are, whether it's a crypto native uh, or it's a crypto curious or something, someone who is totally new. I think that experience level focus is not our traditional strength for the whole industry as uh, crypto industry as a whole. And there's a lot to be done there. So we want to be able to focus on that, provide that connectivity, uh, make it easy for people to come in and get out. Not to hold hostage of people's asset in certain chains or within our platform, we actually encourage people to take their money into their own wallet, and maybe later we will integrate. We would try to make the optionality available, right? I think that is the key.
0: So you don't think you know it? It should be like a one-stop shop where you can have crypto, stocks, NFTs.
1: No, I'm not. We are not. Well, other platforms may want to do it, but we. I don't think we at OKCoin want to be that <laughs> one-stop shop. I mean, that's in Internet 2.0, being a one-stop shop platform is probably the most important thing, right? Because data is important. Data is the most important, most valuable assets out there. But in crypto, I think things will change. Ultimately, everyone will own their own data and derive value from their own data. What um, entrepreneurs and technology platforms ought to do is to be able to provide that uh, bridge for people to get into different places and carry their data with them and use them to their, however they want. So I think we would be really focused on building that bridge. And and the implication of that may vary as the industry evolve, we will continue to evolve how we define that interruptibility. But for now, it's a combination of, on the one hand, building a strong on-ramp, off-ramp, uh, with strong banking relationship. On the other hand, making the user experience really easy, which means a very unique, accessible, and fun UI experience. And at the same time, forward-looking. Again, looking at what's happening, the latest in crypto, and think about how we can actually bring that crypto-native experience to a very easy, accessible uh, user experience, so that everyone from different background, different familiarity of crypto, can find a place to use it to their own benefit.
0: Do you think that the firm could decentralize in some way or become a DAO? And you know, it's just this this thing that if I want to interact with centraliz- yeah. a centralized counterparty, I can, but I can do a lot of it just on my own and then sometimes yeah. engage with the and former. If
1: you ask me as a uh, personally, my personal preference is yes. So maybe 10 years down the road, we'll be just like that. In terms of how we evolve from where we are to that point, we shall see. Um, But again, our overall direction is to contribute to that decentralized future, participate in that decentralized future, and ultimately become part of it.
0: What do you think that future looks like?
1: It's about individual, right? It's about empowering individuals. It's about giving people enough tools so that they do what they want. They own what they do. And they derive value from what they do and nobody else, no other platforms, Facebook or Twitter or YouTube can control your value and no other governments can take that value away from you. Uh, We're still very far away from that, but I think we're getting uh, one step closer to that after crypto is born. That was ultimately what Internet was created for. But just because Internet was not able to transmit value P2P. You know, that was the the value was basically congregated in larger platforms. But now we have crypto. So hopefully entrepreneurs and innovators will continue to bring that reality closer. And we'll just be part of it. So how did you
0: get into the space?
1: It was because of OKCoin, actually. Mm -hmm. I spent eight years uh, at Goldman doing uh, investment banking. Uh, I actually lived in New York for a couple of years.
0: Which sector? Fake
1: financial institutions. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh I've financial institution clients uh across the sector and they made fintech, banks, insurance companies asset managers especially asset players um so I know I've been with uh, the financial sector for a long long time.
0: Is there any deal that you remember that was your favorite?
1: I've done a lot. Uh, actually, I think the the best part of my experience was that I had the luxury of working across many different types of deals ranging from m and to spin-off to Restructuring to, you know, capital raise, all kinds of capital raise, equity, warrant, all crazy stuff. And I joined Goldman in 2008, so I was—I don't know—call it lucky, but see the hectic side of things.
0: How did the investment bank change? You think after the crisis?
1: I don't think it's necessarily about the crisis changing anything. I think the investment bank. What I realized after eight years there: number one, capital markets is about financial engineering part of it, but it's also very driven by technology in the sense that a lot of those market infrastructure are very technology driven, even banking is very technology driven. Uh, but on the other side, a lot of the value creations that we're seeing in the market are actually value creation driven by technology innovation. But then you see a lot of asset allocation, wealth allocation, because of how the market works. After my experience at banking, I realized I originally went into banking because I think that's where I can see the best of the free markets operation. But I think I got this disillusion because of my experience. Because in you know in two thousand, I saw how that was not the case. It was primarily more moving wealth from one pocket to another, and actually the base layer is the monetary policy. But anyway, um, I spent eight years there, and then I ended up doing growth investment for three years, and OKCoin was actually my first investment. It was the largest crypto platform, and I was uh, I had the opportunity to get, get to know the platform and started to actually look into what crypto is about, what Bitcoin was about, and decided to invest in it because I see the beauty and, and the difference that a potentially different future that it can offer.
0: You mentioned when describing your experience at the bank, that a lot of what Wall Street is, is financial engineering. But I think you could argue that a lot of what DeFi is, is the same. I mean, you see some of the products or protocols rather being spun out. I've seen crypto zero coupon bonds, DeFi credit default swaps, and all sorts of different esoteric. I I got a Twitter DM a few days ago, if I can find it, about collateralized NFT-based loans. So... To play devil's advocate, I guess the question is, it looks very much the same. I mean, it's an esoteric product that I would, might confuse I people. Wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't argue with you on that, actually, Frank. That's why I think, sorry, I probably want to digress a little bit here, but when people ask about whether you're a Bitcoin maximalist, right, I, I'm a big proponent of Bitcoin. My answer is always like, I'm not. I'm a firm believer that Bitcoin is the foundation, but Bitcoin cannot be all. Because and I I like what I'm seeing in DeFi as well because I think that offers a possibility of building on a very transparent on chain world even if it is all financial engineering at least it's out there people can see it if you have the capability technological capability to dig through right there is a way to see it and maybe people can build UX tools for people for those who doesn't have the technology background to see it easier, but at least it's out there. It's transparent versus in traditional financial market, nobody can see, even the Fed cannot see what's going on, right? But but to your point, if we only have a place where there's only money change, that's great. Having a sound money, digital uh, money that's out there, that is disciplined, that is not controlled by any third party, that in itself is great. It's a great movement, a great move forward, but that's not enough. Having a DeFi layered building on top of it, that shapes the future financial layer. That is great, but that's not enough. I think the next step is the use case. We need to have real use cases built on top of blockchain that is native, that is not a tokenized security that doesn't work. And then I think once you have that, you'll start to see things change in ways that we are not even envisioning today. But, you know, that doesn't mean that DeFi in itself is not a move forward. It is a move forward. It is a step forward. It's just that building block by block. You build the monetary layer first, then you build the financial layer on top of it. And next is for different innovators to build all those use cases, build different... In NFT is an example of that. It's probably still early stage, but I think there are possibilities for it to become something of its own. And then there are other use cases. Um, once you have all those and those different use cases have its own token, then those token and those token importantly need to be able to speak to each other and be able to speak to the fundamental money layer, which is Bitcoin. And once you have all that, it's a new system building apart from the existing system, outside the existing system, because the existing system is built on a totally different monetary foundation. And it doesn't make sense to build inside it. It has to be built outside.
0: So what does that mean for firms like Goldman Sachs?
1: I've left the Goldman Sachs. I voted with my feet.
0: So they're toast.
1: Well, there there is some time. I think there will be a, a, a while before we get to the new future. Every organization can evolve. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. You have a bunch of different banks trying to get into this stuff, but they're very limited in what they can say and what they can do.
1: It's ultimately a technology movement, right? All we've been having, what, what's been driving our society is technology innovation, uh, and who can adopt to technology innovation, who can get ahead of the curve, who can be part of it. Um, most of the times, legacy firms have, will have a hard time adapting a very few, very few examples of um, organizations successfully transforming themselves.
0: In what ways has OKCoin and maybe other firms in this space uh, seen difficulties? What's maybe something they have that we don't? Uh,
1: we meaning the traditional?
0: We meaning crypto versus traditional firms. What what do we lack or what is one of our impediments?
1: I see. Um, I think the, I mean, I cannot speak for other parties, but from, from our perspective, people is always the biggest the highest top priority on my list when I think about what we need to do, right getting the most talented people into the space, getting the most talented people with the right skill set on the team is uh, always the most challenging part <laughs> there's always a hiring is always my top priority uh, to do list
0: mine too it stresses me out though
1: it's stressful the other thing interestingly is that we are we have been adopting yes. to Remote first culture. And I think there's no go back. It definitely does wonders, right? People have more flexibility and that opens up the talent pool. And even our existing team members have more flexibility of their own time. And we also have to look at our team's performance based on their results instead of showing their face in office. So that does a lot of wonder. But at the same time, it increases the burden on communication, on providing the right Tools to empower our team members to collaborate in different time zones. Like for some of our teams, we have we have to coordinate between four or five time zones to figure out. You know, if we, we have, want to have a regular meeting, we probably need to rotate the time. And I don't think any of the legacy uh, organizations would have that. You know, some of the big tech firms probably would go three days in office, and not to mention financial industry, they have being back to office. They're
0: back. I saw them. I saw them all out there. There's no
1: way they can operate in the remote fashion. So, you know, we have our own challenges and that's a growing pain. Uh, But I think it's good for us.
0: Well, it's nice that um, we could have you stop by today in person. Like I said, this is the last episode that was in person was with Ted Fissaro at Bitwise on like February 15th, 2020. That was like a hundred episodes ago. (laughs) that's very productive I know I don't really have anything else to do where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're doing at OKCoin
1: sure Um, uh, you can always find me on Twitter my handle is hfangca Uh, my DM is open and my uh, our official Twitter uh, handle is also open DM is at OKCoin uh, if you don't have a OKCoin account, you can go to OKCoin.com. And as I mentioned, we are actually going to launch a stats-only mode soon. Uh, the product is uh, coming. But if you are interested in learning more about it, it's uh, go.OKCoin.com slash stats. We are looking forward to hear your feedback.
0: Nice. I, people need to have their DMs open. It's a point of Twitter if you're not going to have your DMs open. Anyway. <laughs> Nothing to hide. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Frank. Cheers. The Scoop will be back with you again with another great guest. Have a fun day, everyone.